Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com ACAST. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Una Chaplin, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Hollywood Exiles. It tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com You are now entering a critical thinking zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Top of the morning to you, Pat. Happy St. Uh, Patrick's you, Day. Hmm? Top of the morning to you, Andrew. Mm, okay. Um, happy St. Patrick's Day there, Jimmy. Uh, excuse me? That's not my name. But um, I'm looking at you, and you look very familiar. You look almost like uh, Chen Saki's little brother, Jimmy Saki. Uh, well, I'm not Jimmy. I'm, I'm Pat Oni. Um, yeah. Today is a and, and very I, important day for both of us and our heritage. Yeah. Yes, it, it, it is. Um, although this is going to be the really ironic part, Pat. Yeah. Uh-huh. While both of us are likely to uh, celebrate St. Patrick's Day, given most of our heritage, um, uh-huh. I'm pretty sure the only last name is not Irish. It's not. Mm. It's not. And, it's, and then what if I told you that... Um, so. My mom's maiden name, uh-huh. Weisnick. Sounds very German, right? Yes. Well, what if I also told you that they did a recent DNA study 
And then what if yeah. I also told you my dad's side of the family did a recent DNA study? Yeah. My mom's side of the family is only 3% German. They're 30 some odd percent, 38% Irish, which isn't surprising considering that my, um, my mom's mom, so my grandma, is uh, 100% Irish. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then what if I told you that um, on my dad's side, we are about 35%, wait for it, English. 35% Irish. So it's almost like we hate ourselves, Pat. A little bit. I, I, I have the same problem on my side of the family. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, seriously, it's almost like we have to hate ourselves. A little bit, but Irish I, I just... And English mixed together. Just... just yeah. Uh, it, mm -mm. People are rolling over in our graves. I know. Now, the other part of the makeup on my dad's side is the Belgian that we knew that we were, uh, which which wasn't all that surprising. However, the English did confirm a long oral history inside of our family of uh, a an event that took place in England that banished our family to Belgium. Let's just say that. Ooh. And considering the time frames and some of these things and how this all took place or could have taken place, the history and the oral history and the DNA suggestions all line up. So I'm excited to dig into that. Now, it is St. Patrick's Day, so I hope everybody's getting their corned beef and, and cabbage. Um, that's what we're having in this household. Um, I'm not brave enough to make it myself, like from scratch. However, I do have a friend who is doing that, like brining the meat for days on end and, you know, doing all that sort of stuff. Uh, we're, we're just going to buy the meat and the spices and, and throw it all together. That's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. What about you in the Oni household? Uh, uh, well, we're going to get our taxes done. <laughs> Hashtag taxation is theft. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you get a refund, is it really theft? Oh, wait, that's right. They stole it from you in the first place, and then they're repaying you, but they collected the interest off of the money that they should have never had in the first place. I was going to say, it's it's my money to begin with, so no. <laughs> Sons of bitches. Um, yeah, so we're, we're doing that. Um, I don't really know what we're doing for dinner yet because, well, my house is a disaster still. And, you know, Mrs. Pat's also doing her master's degree. And plus, we're also working on house stuff later. So I don't really don't know what we're doing there. However, I, I would like to just publicly say thank you for wearing green on my holiday. You're, like I said to you <laughs> off air, Pat, I am pretty sure I might be more Irish than you. I don't know. I, I, from, from what you just described a few minutes ago, it's pretty damn close. Mm -hmm. Now, we have an update. Um, I wanted to give this update to you guys because we do have an update to the uh, DMX DM. So I will be pouring another 
into DM X and DM's uh, coffers today mm-hmm. um, because we are at that $24 mark and um, $50 of money has come from you guys. I matched $10 of that, you know, donation level. They're up to $14,870. So I will be putting in my share uh, today after that. Um, So that's where that's going to go. That's DMX DM. um, And uh, hopefully that will help um, alleviate some expenses. Um, It'll be interesting to see what goes on here. But um, but yeah, Um, he also has a fundraiser going on his Twitter account. Uh, for the first bag of uh, the roast that he just did um, from American Pride Roasters, this uh, will go to the money goes to um, the mission out of Chicago um, that helped um, with some of the initial cleanup of the home and and things like that. Um, <clears throat> so he's going to pay them back with that. Um, so if you want to check that out, um, you can just go to uh, it's at Kaboom K U B zero zero um m right Mm -hmm. k-u-h i believe k-u-h b zero zero or just look up dmx dm um on twitter um but yeah so i want to give that update uh hopefully a little bit of the luck of the irish today will get him over that fifteen thousand dollar mark but again if you can spare some change go to fundly uh, or more importantly go to the critical thinking uh you know um social media and that would be at the coppin show at the pat only show um it's pinned to the top of my twitter profile so you can find that um otherwise yeah um we we thank each and every one of you who have donated to date now coming up on today's show we're going to talk about war biden going to brussels And, of course, uh, point number four in Rick Scott's Rescue America plan, which is immigration. Uh, Pat, why don't you also let people know what's coming up in the afterthought, which is exclusive for the subscribers to Critical Thinking. Uh, So for our critical thinkers, that's what we're calling our subscribers. If you are a real critical thinker, you are a subscriber. By the way, you can get this for free for a month by just going to criticalthinking.locals.com backslash subscribe. Entering the promo code new era. Enter the promo code new era. And this promotion will run through the end of this month. So you have a little bit of time to do it, but uh, why wait? Check it out. And if you don't like the extra content that we're giving you and you don't want to fork over $2 a month or $20 for your annual subscription after that, so be it. Uh, but Check out what we have on the afterthought where we dive deep into a topic that uh, we didn't have time to get into on these shows. But what's coming up on the afterthought today, Pat? So we're actually going to be going into um, a, a substack, um, but it's all about a pediatrics mask study. Yeah, and it's um, one that's been going around on on uh, the Twitters, the Instagrams, the wherevers. Uh, Facebook, you've probably seen this too, talking about how uh, there's proof out there that um, universal masking worked. We're going to dive deep into whether or not that assertion is actually true according to the data. So uh, if you are a data nerd, if you're a by-the-numbers guy, join us or a by-the-numbers gal, 
Although, what's a woman and what's a man? Join us at criticalthinking.locals.com backslash subscribe. All right, all that out of the way, let's dive in because um, there was a letter Tuesday, and, and, and I'm shocked by this, Pat. I'm totally shocked. If you're listening on podcast, um, watch on the Rumble page, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. Uh, you, you can see the sarcasm. You, you, you look shocked to me. Uh-huh. That's just the beard, Pat. It's just the scraggly beard. Uh, you, you was going to say, you have a beard? I think you more have like peach fuzz, but anyway. It's this, also because, this is beard. Right, you know. but it's also because I'm 40 and it's turning white and gray, so it's yeah harder to notice. Uh, but anyway, uh, um, I am totally shocked that the uh, GOP, the party of warmongering over the last 20 plus years, is um, advocating for war with Russia. All of a sudden, because what? on Tuesday, they sent a letter to Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin and Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. A Blinken? Did you say Blinken? <clears throat> a half dozen no, the top Republican lawmakers called for the Biden administration to provide Ukraine with Soviet or Russian made strategic and tactical air defense systems and associated radars to Ukraine. So what they're talking about are the Soviet-made S-300 systems, which are designed to shoot down enemy aircraft and intercept ballistic missiles. Now, Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, has urged the United States to help acquire uh, help Ukraine acquire those S-300 air defense systems from countries that have them, like NATO members Bulgaria, Greece, and Slovakia. And he did so on Wednesday, too, by the way. During his address to Congress yesterday. So we're now going to provide surface to air missiles that are Soviet. Yes, 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 yes. Why? Well, it's very obvious to me, Pat. First of all, if the Russian military, the actual military, was good, this would be over yeah. right now. This would have been over. Yeah. It's not. They're still nope. fighting. This isn't yep. the United States slowly marching to Baghdad and just obliterating everything in its path, right? And, right. and uh, dumping them into submission. Uh-huh. What's happening here is really, if if Ukraine had... An air force, at least a bigger air force, because I, uh -huh. I think they have some planes, but I'm not sure that they have enough. If they had enough of the air defense systems, if they had enough of the surface to air missiles in their repertoire, they might be winning this sucker militarily. And of course, <clears throat> the letter. Also, calls for huge amounts of weaponry, like Polish MiG-29 fighter jets. And some of these individuals, not all of them, but some of them believe that those Polish MiG-29s should be piloted by American 
pilots. So I ask you this, Pat. If you are Moscow and you're seeing the S-300 systems, if you're seeing um, MiG-29s going into the air, piloted by Americans, is that not an act of war by NATO and its allies? I mean, at the very least, at the very least, I would be very pissed if I'm Russia. And yes, I might take that as an act of war. Yeah. <clears throat> By the way, those GOP senators, you might be wondering who they are. Uh-huh. James Inhofe, Marco Rubio, James Risch, and representatives Mike Rogers, Michael Turner, and Michael McCall. They also oh, want God. more Javelin, anti-tank, and Stinger anti-aircraft missiles. Which, by the way, we've already been providing both of those, and Russia doesn't seem to care. But if we're starting to use real, hardcore, heavy weaponry, that changes the ballgame. And that is an act of war. Now, I would ask you this, Pat. Mm -hmm. For as much as we could talk about the Holocaust, and as much as we could talk about Pearl Harbor... And for as much as we could talk about um, the killing of the Archduke Ferdinand, right, in World War I, if you study the two great wars of the 20th century, if you will, what did they all, what, what was the, the, the common theme that really threaded them together? It's one word, and it starts with an M. I will give you that. Um, I, I got nothing. Money. Ah. <clears throat> Meanwhile, Pat, as all of this is going on, right, and the, the Republicans seem to be hell-bent on trying to get us into war, Um, guess who's not using U.S. dollars to buy oil and other goods. And signaling, by the way, that they're not going to either. There's two two different places that are doing this. Um, is one of those China? Yes, you are correct. Mm -hmm. They're not paying Iran for their oil in American dollars, or at least they're trying not to. So they're trying to use the Chinese currency to to be the standard bearer because the U S dollar in terms of international trade is kind of the gold standard at this point. Right. <clears throat> you know who else is not going to be using the U S dollar or signaling. They're not about to use it anymore. Uh, I'm just going to go on and say Russia. <laughs> Close. But another country in Asia. Um, Iran? It does start with an I, but not Iran. Iran. Ooh, India. Ding, 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 ding. The world's two largest economies, because of the population centers, right, 
Mm -hmm. each of them considering over a billion people in their population, are now either actively or threatening to not use the U.S. dollar for commodities trading. Do you think that's a problem, Pat? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if people understand what's going on here. I really don't. Um, if China is the now gold standard currency, right? They don't even have to actively go to war. So my question to you, Pat, I guess, would be this. Are we or are we not seeing the end of the United States era atop the world? It's quite possible. And I would argue, I don't know if we ever should have been there. Because we took on a role that I don't know that we should have ever taken on. And why do I say that? Because World War I, as brutal, as awful as it was, was saved by the quote-unquote good guys, right? Uh, the, the Allied powers. Because of U.S. intervention, right? Right. World War II, the U.S. intervention saved the Allies again. What the world learned is that there's the United States is a very strong nation in multiple facets, right? Militarily, industrially, and what did we do then? We asserted dominance, right? And we said we're going to be the world's police from here on out, and the world's currency, and the world's this, and the world's that. The whole world speaks English, basically, today, because of the United States. And the argument, would, the, the reverse argument is if Germany wins, right, is the world not speaking German as its primary uh, thing? Okay, that's all fine and dandy here. But <clears throat> the real crux of the matter is that economically we asserted dominance. Instead of free trade, instead of all of these things, right? Right. This didn't really freely happen. <clears throat> Suddenly, we've got bases all around the world, right, militarily. That has really never happened in human history, if you think about it. Have there been, in Roman history, have there been times in which Romans are stationed in other places? Yes, but it's places that they actually physically dominated over and owned right. and, you know, all of that, right? The Roman Empire. But you also had locals right? Like in Gaul and the Germanic regions where the locals were the ones who the Germans put to work as soldiers for protection and, and all of that. Never before in human history have we seen what the Americans have done militarily, where we just have bases all over the freaking world and we're the police for everything and everybody. And now that Donald Trump's no longer in office, right? India, look at India. 
They were a major partner with Donald Trump, right? Major partner. Now they're threatening to not use the U.S. dollar. That weakens the dollar. That furthers a crisis here at home. It destabilizes us even further. Is that or is that not China's goal? Is that or is that not Russia's way to fight back here? Because are we or are we not seeing an increase, by the way, in Russia of people who refuse to want to go to war? Did we not just see Vladimir Putin threaten those that dissent from his war footing with um, very Soviet-like, very Lenin-like um, language? Did we not just see that, Pat? We did. Okay. All of this adds up to my question. Given the currency issue that's at stake here, is this or is that not why we would get into war here? Has nothing to do with Russia and its alleged use of uh, thermobaric bombs, right? The vacuum bombs. Um, it has nothing to do with them allegedly targeting civilian assets, right? It has nothing to do with their alleged war crimes, which, by the way, Biden yesterday decided to tell us he doesn't believe that Vladimir Putin is a war criminal. And then, what, two minutes later, called him a war criminal? I argue we don't get into war because of those things. We get into war to maintain our currency and economic dominance. Because what happens if China is now the world's trading currency? Because have they because the other part of this pat that we ha that you have to look backwards to, right? Is the issues that arose between World War I and World War II, global recession, global hyperinflation, global this, global that, the gold standard, getting off the gold standard, not on, not off the gold standard, the, the pound sterling not being the dominant um, currency anymore, yada, yada, yada. Are we or are we not seeing very similar things happening Right now, with the United States currency, with inflation, with global recession, and who's been preparing to say we're going to stabilize things? China. China. And they've been doing it all over Africa. We've talked about, you know, building all of this infrastructure for these really poor countries, right? They've basically given Ethiopia their... Um, internal transportation system. It is a super poor country. You know, it's you go to um, South Park, right? The starving Ethiopians. That's a thing because the people of Ethiopia have been starving for decades, by and large. China is doing that to gain that foothold in that marketplace in which they can assert some dominance globally. 
Now you add in India refusing to potentially use the U.S. dollar. You add in all of these other things. Iran, Russia, China, India together? Here's my, here's my question. And my worry is that because it, we didn't get into World War I or II because we felt bad. We got into both wars because economically we needed to. We needed to protect our trade. We needed to protect our potential for economic dominance. There's a lot of things that took place. Yes, you know, understanding that Germany was bad and that they were doing bad things is part of the mix. And yes, because of Japan and, and all of that, right? Because they attacked Pearl Harbor, we get into war there. But even that way, if you look at the Pacific side of things, it was also very much an economic thing, right? We embargoed a ton of things from Japan. Why? Because of the Second uh, Sino-Japanese War, right? And all of the things that we talked about or haven't talked about. Most people don't know the history of why, why Japan would have actually attacked us. Most people don't know. They just know Pearl Harbor happened. They don't understand what we actually were doing economically. So what's Russia's incentive to not fight back economically and change the paradigm? Are we or are we not going to accept that? And if we are okay with not being the world's dominant currency, what does what does that mean for a country $30 trillion in debt? That's my point, is that I worry that the powers that be see that as the issue, the real issue at hand, and they when they, they see China, when they see India, when they see Africa starting to move away from our currency, this is the proxy war, right? This is that international fascism versus national fascism at play. We can't stand for the national fascists to win because it means the end of our economic dominance. It means the end of the U.S. dollar being that strong currency and the bottom falls out of our $30 trillion in debt, even with or without those debtors attempting to collect those notes. So, what is the solution if this problem continues? The solution would be to what? End Russia economically and militarily. And what does that mean? That means beating their ass in Ukraine. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's something that we should do. What I am saying is that they're focusing on the Ukrainian people, right? Especially the GOP senators, the, the six individuals, right, who wrote this letter. They're focusing on the humanitarian side of things, right? And, and Putin is doing this. Why? This is this big game of cat and mouse, right? Why is he doing the things that he's doing? He's attempting to draw us into war. That's what he's doing. He do, He's not doing this to to placate his people back home. His people back home are against him going to war, by and large. I mean, we're seeing people round up like crazy all over Moscow, all over um, various population centers inside Russia. He's threatening his own people. 
He doesn't care about that. He cares about the economic dominance of his version of fascism. We've talked about this as the proxy war, right? And this is this is my point. He's trying to draw us in humanitarily so that this proxy war becomes a real war, and he firmly believes he will win that war. Whether that's right or wrong is moot. Because if we go to physical war, does China not back Russia? Does India not now back Russia? Does Iran not back Russia? What about Syria? What about all of these countries that can back them up? Do we or do we not see some problems here, Pat? Looks like we're between a rock and a hard spot, for sure. <clears throat> um, and that's probably understating it. But so so here's here's my thing. So I, I, I get everything you're saying. Um, I, I get that this is a proxy war. I get that this is, you know, if we get involved, it's likely about economics, money, and, and our, our, our world, asserting our world dominance and trying to maintain our world dominance. That Only because it, it would mean hell for our economy. I, I want to be right. clear about that. I'm not talking about like some imperialistic attitude. I'm talking about from a pure economic standpoint, we would be in serious trouble if right. we are not the world's currency anymore. So so let, let's say for, for, for two seconds, this is what we decided to do. We decided to go to war. One, I think you're right. I think I think what does that do to China, Iran, um, India, Syria, uh, uh, other countries that hate us? What does that do, right? I, I think I think if if you do get involved here, you are at the risk of starting World War Three. Mm -hmm. Number two, let's say we do get involved. What if we lose? I will ask you, that's a very real question because I, I have this question for you then. Name a war that we've actually won. I mean... In, since World War II. Since World War II, we haven't. The Korean War is still at a technical stalemate, right? right. We're, we've never, not, uh, we've yeah. never not actually been at war since right. that war started. Um, right. Vietnam... Was a loss. Yeah. I would argue both Afghanistan and Iraq have been losses, and here's why. What was the goal? The goal in Iraq was regime change and democracy, and, and are we seeing that? No. Barely? It, it is a yeah. democracy, mm. <clears throat> but it's but not it's a not functioning one. Democracy. Yeah. Um, in Afghanistan, we pull out, and who's taking that? Power oh, the, the very people who harbored um, Al-Qaeda and mm -hmm. bin Laden in the first place. Yeah. <clears throat> we have yet to win a war in the last 70, 80 years. So my point is, be, be, like, I'm, I'm asking this, like, like this, there's, there's, there's multifacets to this question. What if we lose? Because this isn't about whether or not we are strong enough militarily to go in and kick some ass. That's not it. It's not that we don't like something. We don't have nukes to be able to go and just stop the, be like stop this. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, Russia's got nukes too, and I think I think Putin's mad enough that he could. I mean, he's he's them. he's used that rhetoric already, right? 
but but here's here's my point. Do we have anyone in this country right now? And this is this is not necessarily about Biden exclusively. Okay. Is there anyone in this country right now that can properly lead us through going to war with Russia? That would have the right motivations, the right tools, the right means, the right morality to be able to do so and to do it well and to do it right. Is there anyone? Can you name me anyone? Yeah. Could, could you name anybody who could articulate what real victory over Russia would look like? Exactly. Yeah, I think that's another succinct way of putting it. But yeah, I agree with you. And it and that that goes to the military brass. That goes to the Secretary of Defense. That goes to um the, you know, uh the Joint Chiefs of Staff. That goes to all of those individuals. I don't trust any of them. And I and I promise you right now, we go to we go to war with Russia. Even if World War 3 doesn't start, China's going to Taiwan. Right. And can we and and then how do you stand up to China over Taiwan? Like like what what do you do here? Yeah. We can't handle this on two fronts. We can't. And, and again, this isn't exclusive to Joe Biden. This is we have no leadership that can tell us what victory looks like with Russia or what victory looks like with China. You can't. Well, speaking of Biden, um Let's go there next, but before we do that, uh, Pat, it is time for us to play the game that is sweeping across our podcast nation. <coughs> of course, that is the B or not the B. Are you ready to play? Hit me. All right. Today's headline, Zelensky begs Congress to bring back Trump. Zelensky begs Congress to bring back Trump. And while you are thinking about that, do not forget um, to tune in to our fine friends, Dominic Izzo and Common Sense Ashley, every single Monday through Friday. In fact, uh, here they are telling you about their wonderful program. All right. I'm Dominic Izzo. And I'm Common Sense Ashley. And we'd love you to join us every Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for The Rants of Izzo. We will be talking about everything from politics to porn. Can you handle it? And your sister's ass. Uh, and what happens if they don't listen to us, Ashley? You're dead to us. It's not bad. That's it. It's plain and simple. It. There's You're no, dead to us. No other point for this promo whatsoever. Make sure you join us. You can watch us live. You can comment, call in. Rantsofizzo.com. Rantsofizzo here Monday through Friday. It's 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. That's right. Every day. Monday through Friday. Don't Nothing miss else. it. That's it. We're done. That's cool. it. Promo cut. Here Love right ya. Now. All right, Bye. cool. See ya. I hit that button. There we go. We need a, by the way, we need an intern. All right. Now, do you need the headline again? No. Um, okay. Is this the Babylon Bee or not the Bee? This has got to be the Babylon Bee. Are you sure? Yeah. Um, actually, no. No, I'm not sure. And the only reason I'm saying that is because I could actually see someone saying it. Well, I'm glad that you are going with your instinct because this is the Babylon B. Zelensky begs Congress to bring back Trump. In a stirring address to members of Congress for, from war-torn Kiev, Ukrainian President Zelensky begged America's elected representatives to bring back Trump. 
Quote, as I witness the Ukrainian people fight day and night here in our darkest hour, I beg of you to do the right thing for our country and for our world. Bring back President Donald Trump, said Zelensky through an interpreter who could not hold back sobs of emotional catharsis. <laughs> Make the right wrongs uh, you exacted on our world in allowing a rigged election to dethrone the greatest leader in history, unquote. For a moment, the members of Congress sat in thoughtful silence, aside from a, a frothy, hissing sound emanating from somewhere near Senator Mitt Romney's seat. The courageous and suddenly sort of handsome president of Ukraine then invoked a famous line from a speech given by Trump, the same speech that cemented the 45th U.S. president as the greatest orator of all time. People love me. And you know what? I have been very successful. Everybody loves me. Moved to tears, Congress unanimously vowed to their Ukrainian ally to bring back Donald Trump, make America great again, and save the world. Zelensky ended his address with a heartfelt plea. Help me, Donald Trump. You're my only hope. What a great Star Wars reference, by the way. I don't know if I should feel like that's hilarious or insulted that that's a Star Wars reference. That is a great Star Wars reference. Come on, Pat. Yeah, but you're my only hope. Donald Trump is our only hope. If, if Donald Trump is our only hope, I'm concerned. Because are they saying that, um, well, our resident Star Wars expert. Yeah. Who exactly was the only hope in Star Wars? Uh... Are we talking as as a whole, or are we talking as like the original trilogy? In that moment, that reference moment, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi was the only hope. Mm -hmm. Are we really that, suggesting that, that Donald Trump is Obi Wan Kenobi? I, I certainly hope not. But wait, 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 wait! Before I run the risk of getting too far down this rabbit hole, Pat. Uh huh. What if, and hear me out, Ron DeSantis is his um, Luke Skywalker to Obi-Wan Kenobi? I mean. <laughs> now that you've that thought better? about that for maybe. five seconds. Let's is move that on. better? Let's, maybe. Yeah. Let, let's go ahead and move on, though, because we, yeah. we don't got a lot of time left here. Um we got to go through the, the Rick Scott thing, and then maybe if we have time, we'll we'll get into Biden going to Brussels. Because ultimately, Biden going to Brussels, for me, and we talked about this off air, why? At this point, why? He he doesn't, even if you prepared him for a week straight, right? Kept hammering home the exact same points because he's so cognitively declined that you have to do that in order for some semblance or alternatively put an earpiece in and just feed him lines. Even if you did that. What you've been parroting to him for the past week is likely to not be something that anybody cares about next week because the conditions on the ground have likely changed. So I, I don't see the point. I, the, the time for leadership was um, months ago, not now. Now's the time for fighting if you want to fight or for making it clear you're not helping. Now, over here in America, while all of this is happening, we also have mass migration happening at our southern border, right? 
We're having immigration issues. In fact, 2021 saw the largest interdiction of illegal immigrants in recorded history. So, Rick Scott has that plan out, right? That Rescue America plan, an 11-point plan that he would like to see the GOP adopt. And Mitch McConnell says, plans? What plans? I, I just want power. Well, we're going to take Rick Scott seriously and, and examine it. Point number four is immigration. And he says that nations have borders. We should give that a try. President Trump planned to build a ball, uh, build a ball, build a wall was right. We welcome those who want to join us in building the American dream. Immigrants who want to be Americans, not change America. We are a stronger nation because we are a nation of immigrants. But immigration without assimilation makes us weaker. Politicians from both parties talk big about border security and do nothing. We are done with that. So, um, I, I hold on a minute. I actually disagree with something there. Yep. Both parties don't don't talk a big game on on immigration. The one party does. The other party just doesn't give a crap. And, and I, I would argue, argue that the party that's doing the most of the barking is uh, doing it for show. Right. And that's what I was about to say is like, I don't, I don't think either party actually truly gives a crap. It's just that one actually makes it sounds like they do. And how do I know that? Because um, his first point is countries have borders. We will control ours and secure it once and for all secure it. There are two borders there. Uh, Rick Scott, there's not just one. Are you, are you suggesting it's only the southern border that's a problem? Because I can argue that um, we've, we're seeing evidence of the northern border being an issue, too. Now, he also says that no one will enter without permission. We lock our doors at night, not because we hate the people on the outside, but because we love the people on the inside and want to keep them safe. I'm just going to keep going. Many potential immigrants love America. Those who don't will not be allowed to come here. This is our country, and no one has a right to come to America. We will employ military assets on our borders as needed. Border security is not simply a matter of domestic policy. It is also a matter of national security. To that point, Pat, I mean, we're seeing people crossing that southern border from all over the freaking world right now, and it's frightening. It really is. It, it is basically terrorists just poking at the the pain points and figuring out where to come in and where not to come in, right? That's what's going on. So I don't disagree with that point. But immigrants will not be allowed to collect unemployment benefits or welfare for the first seven years after arriving in the U.S. By the way, they're not supposed to be able to do that today. So what the absolute hell are you uh, talking about here? I, I'm, I'm told um, by the uh, the left that nobody is on welfare as a, an illegal immigrant or as an immigrant um, with a green card, that, that that doesn't happen. Hmm, weird. He also says that we're going to stop incentivizing people to come to America to receive government benefits. We have plenty of welfare recipients. We need productive citizens instead. Okay. We will strip all federal funding from sanctuary cities and prosecute any elected officials who flout our immigration laws. This one I totally, totally understand because if we can't agree to the basic frameworks of our society, what's the point? 
<clears throat> we will oppose all comprehensive immigration reform measures until we stop the lawlessness on our border and our border is secured. We also oppose cultural segregation. We believe in the melting pot, where people from many backgrounds go all in on becoming Americans, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I, so that's a lofty goal, but that's not the reality, right? That has never been the reality. Right. I mean, look at the history. It, it, you know, people talk about oppression. People talk about... Um, hatred of, of others. And they always talk about the Jim Crow laws, and rightfully so, um, the racism and the, the the legacy of slavery in the United States. That is 100% right, accurate, and important. But what doesn't get talked about is the anti-Catholic bigotry that exists in this country to this day. The hatred of Italians, the hatred of Irish immigrants that came to America, the the struggles to get jobs, to do all of these things. Why do you see the Irish um, populate certain, um, not just physical areas, but certain um, types of jobs, right? It's because those were the only jobs that they could get when they came here. We have practiced cultural segregation from the start of America. We really have. Certain areas were Quaker, right? Pennsylvania was founded as a Quaker colony. Maryland, more Catholic. We, you've got other areas that were founded by different denominations of, of those proddy bastards um, religions. I'm kidding, by the way, slightly. But my, my point being, we have always, in some way, shape, or form, practiced cultural segregation. And while I agree, we should be a melting pot of society, right? We really should be. The reality is that we do not do a good job of providing that melting pot. People tend to insulate themselves. And this happens in the United States with people who move from one state to the other, by the way. You know, we, we see this with people who move from California to Idaho or California to Texas, right? They want to get out of the taxes. They want to get out of all the things that they've got to pay for, and they hate all of it. But they don't leave the ideology that gave them those taxes, that gave them all of these things behind. We don't have a culture that is truly American. And what that means is, I mean, look at Sunday dinners, right? Sunday dinners uh, for African Americans mean something different than Sunday dinner for an Italian family, right? Sunday dinners for an Irish family might not even exist. Um you know, Belgian traditions, German traditions, all of these things are kept not just as traditions from the homeland, but traditions that are cultural in nature. For instance, here in Chicago on the south side, we have an area called Beverly. It is highly Irish Catholic. They have their own parades. They have almost their own subsystem of living. We have pockets of Muslim areas that if you are non-Muslim, it's really weird to walk into those areas or drive into those areas. You feel like you're in a foreign country. That's not assimilation. How do you get to that point of where everybody melts together? It's, we don't accept your self-segregation. No, no, you don't get to do that. 
You don't get the the enclaves of you know Chinese or Japanese or you know Mexican Honduran or whatever. You don't get those small enclaves. Everybody should be living side by side, right? Instead, what it turns into is we've got areas that are heavily Italian, areas that are heavily Irish, areas that are heavily Mexican or Honduran or Guatemalan or uh, Muslim or Jewish or whatever. We, we are a society that is segregated. We've always been that way. So all, for me, all of this, of this plan, point number four, no, thank you. I, I want none of it. And here's why. For me, as a libertarian, free people should be able to freely associate how they wish and how they want. Now, immigration has made America great in so much as here's how they can assimilate. Um, capitalism. Participating in free market e economics. That's really the American ethos, right? When we see businesses spring up, when we, when we see a, a, you know, a dry cleaner, or we see an Irish pub, or we see whatever, right? Is that not participating in the American dream? Is that not participating in ownership in America? Maybe that's the assimilation that we should be looking towards. But right now as a society, we devalue that thought of assimilation. We're not a capitalistic society. We are a crony capitalistic, if not oligarchical society. We do not emphasize build a business, build something for your family. We don't emphasize that anymore in our society. Am I missing something here? For me, this notice there's no great emphasis on economics here other than to say welfare. Welfare, 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 however many times humanly possible. And do you see anything that says our immigration system is broken because of the laws of this country? Nope. So hard pass for me. What say you, Pat? Um, I, I think all in all, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I think people should have the right to associate how and who they want to associate with. I mean, we did the same thing very recently, did we not? Part of the reason why we broke out independently. It, you know, so uh, I, I do believe in that. Um, I do also believe in, in maybe one point here, and that is we, we do lock our doors at night. I lock my doors at night, not, not because I, I'm not wanting to let people in, but because I want to make sure that my family stays safe. Um, mm hmm that being said, you know, a, I could make the argument that a border and my house are, are two different things. In my in my in my head, I want to treat them the same way. But how do you treat a border and a a door the same way? You know. So, yeah, I, I see where you're going there. I think ultimately, and I agree with you. I think you know the safety and security matters, but that's where the the laws are failing us right, right. now. The right. system and that's is failing us. Mm -hmm. And that's not what he's addressing here. He's just giving platitudes. He's not addressing... It, it, it's a talking point. Right. It's a talking point. It's not a, it's not a real solution. And that's where I'm going with this. It's like, like you can't... While, I, while in concept, I agree, we, we've, we've got to protect our borders like we would protect our own homes. What's the policy there? 
The policy should be very simple. Mm. You apply to come here. We vet whether or not you are a criminal, all of that sort of stuff, right? We do all of those things, and we let you in. That's it. If a company, if you can prove, hey, uh, company XYZ, right, it has applied for me to come here because I want to work there and, and they want me to work there, it's a very simple process. You vet the background, you vet this, you vet that. You also trust the company to vet some of that background, right? Right. And you let them in. I would also argue, do you, do you have at least a place to stay? You know, yeah, I, mean, I think that, that's, that's a chicken and an egg argument, honestly. Right. Because if if you don't have a job, do you have a place to stay? If you don't have a place to stay, do you have a job? Right. So I get where you're going. Um, I, I'm smelling what you're putting down. Let's put it that way. And with that, though, Pat, um, I think it is time for us to uh, wrap up today's episode. Do not forget about the afterthought. Criticalthinking.locals.com backslash subscribe. Enter the promo code new era. Again, promo code new era for one free month. That starts the day that you put that promo code in for 31 days, okay? So it's not like something that will end at the end of this month, but the promo will end at the end of this month. So, again, criticalthinking.locals.com backslash subscribe. We're going to talk about a pediatrics um, report or preprint study um, that has been making the rounds that tells us, um, oh, mask work. You know, another one of those studies. We're going to be breaking that down. Is it true? Is it not true? It's going to be a lot of fun. So join us in the afterthought. Until then, Pat, your final thoughts on today's show. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And let's go, Brandon. Please be smart. Be safe. Be kind. As always, Matthew 547. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Una Chaplin, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Hollywood Exiles. It tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.